Hey, y'all. Have you ever heard of Old Gods of Appalachia? Well, if you haven't, you have now. Let me tell you. This is a horror anthology podcast, and it is absolutely amazing. They have characters. They have actors. They have different people doing voiceovers. It is so ridiculously dope. Y'all got to check this out. Um... I'm, I'm like, I'm enthralled. I'm, I I can't stop listening to it. This shit is crazy. And I got to tell you, all the actors are, they're straight, they're queer, they're black, they're of color, they're male, they're female, they're they, thems, they, thems. They just, this thing is so diverse, man. And, and there's, there's actually some poets involved with this that I actually admire. So this is a big deal. Y'all got to check out Old Gods of Appalachia wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, y'all. Your fam, Black Fluid Poet. Check it out. If you love this podcast, I want to thank you for favoriting the podcast because it means the world to me. However... The way I can get more advertisers is to have more subscribers. If advertisers um, see that um, I have a lot of subscribers, they will be more willing to give me opportunities to advertise for them. So in order for me to get these ads, I need to get to a decent amount of subscribers. So you come here to anchor.fm and you go to support and you can pick 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. Please feel free to pick 99 cents. I, I I am overjoyed at anyone who wants to support my dream of getting this podcast taking off. You know what I'm saying? So please just consider it. If I could get a thousand subscribers, I could get out of this poverty thing. You know what I'm saying? Because yo, the struggle is real. Y'all take care. Hey, y'all, it's your fam, Black Fluid Poet, a.k.a. John S. Blake, coming to you live from the L.A. Trailer Park. Shout out to Gardena, California. And um, tonight, man, there are so many different things I'd like to discuss, but they all seem to be centered around this one subject. And I don't know if it's my place to really discuss it, but, you know, there's so many of these... I don't know what they're called, like bromance podcasts where they seem to be talking about it from a very negative perspective. So I'm going to try and bring a positive perspective if I can. And I'd like to talk about the attack on black women. There is something very uncomfortable when, all right, so I used to be on a swim team, right? And, and this is the best way I can explain it. I was good. I was good at what I did. You hear me? Um, and there was something about, you know, when you're swimming, you're underwater, you can't hear all the yelling. You can't hear all the, the static going on around you and the distractions. Your ears are under the water, man. So all you really hear is your own arms slapping that water. You hear your own heartbeat. You could feel your pulse. You could feel the water just like pushing around you. And every once in a while while you're swimming, you look left and look right to see where you are in the line of things, you know, to see what place you're in, to see if you're in the lead or not, to see who you have to catch up to, how far away they are from you, to see the distance between you and the other competitors. And let me tell you, man, for 500 years, 
black women have been in dead last. Right down there with native women, you know what I mean? With the indigenous, shout out to the indigenous kin. Um, and for the first time in recorded history, black women are the highest collegiately educated demographic. Black women make up the most new academics in the halls of Ivy. Black women, new businesses leading the pack. And it's made a lot of people very uncomfortable. And I'm going to use a word that I don't normally use, but I'm going to quote Zora Neale Hurston when she said, the nigger woman is the mule of the world. And that is an uncomfortable, but in so many ways, true statement. I think about Trevor Noah talking about how he uh, attributes so many of his ideas, successes, and and the values from the black women that have influenced his life. And I can tell you quote after quote after quote of black women who have said something so profound that it has changed my entire perspective on life. Now, why, why, why was it black women? It's easy for me, but it might not be easy for other people to understand this. When I have struggled, when I have been a pugilist in my own life, black women have always had the idea, the answer, the perspective, the words to create the environment by which I could grow further. Because black women know the job of being a survivor. They understand what it's like to have an entire society against you. You look at these politicians voting against the Crown Act. Why? What is the point of what is the point of fighting the Crown Act? You know, you got you get women employees all the time, usually white, who go off to the Bahamas, they go off to Jamaica, they go off to Trinidad, and they spend a ridiculous amount of money getting their hair braided, getting some cornrows in that they practically cried through, and their face and skin is all red and stretched and it looked like these Caribbean women wanted to get their reparations out of that scalp. You hear me? Yet they walk into work with these cornrows and people are like, oh, did you go away on vacation? It's like, oh yeah, we went to the Bahamas. I have my hair. I feel like Bo Derek. If you don't know who Bo Derek is, go look at the movie 10. Child, that movie pissed every black woman in America off so much. But anyway, I digress. That same hairstyle Remove the blonde, remove the pale skin, put it on a black woman and let her walk into work. And all of a sudden, Tanya has to get called down to personnel. Someone has to speak to Tanya about them cornrows in her hair because it makes her look a little militant. makes her look a little angry. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I'm going to tell you what I know about the societal expectation of black women from being outside of that demographic. I am outside the demographic. I am not speaking from personal experience and I will never attempt to speak for black women. So here's what I have to say. In every relationship where my partner was cheating, they were constantly accusing me of cheating. They were constantly accusing me of cheating because they didn't know what I knew and they knew if I did cheat, they had it coming. Now with that perspective, Let me tell you, black women are always accused of being an op, of being aggressive, of being angry, 
of being too ambitious, of being a bitch, all kinds of other choice words that we use to describe a black woman's attitude problem. And this is occurring day in, day out for centuries because the United States of America knows they got to come and if black women rose up and burnt this whole shit to the ground. They know they do. They know they have cheated. They know they have had many an affair on a black woman. They have tried their best to keep black men and black women apart. Like, you know, when you look at the 70s and you look at welfare, black women weren't allowed to have a husband or boyfriend in the home if they were collecting welfare. So in order for them to keep their children alive, they had to keep black men at a distance. Ain't that some shit? Even though the United States was not in a rush to hire black men when they were coming home from Vietnam, hence the 70s. Then the CIA drops off cocaine in the black community and black men start taking these opportunities to make some real money because they ain't never had an opportunity to make real money. You know, I look at my dad. My dad was black and my dad ran numbers. My dad could not tell you his own social security number. He didn't know it. Had no idea what it was. My dad, I can't remember any stories of my dad collecting a legitimate paycheck a day in his life, in his entire life. Life. My dad was about that life in the street. And I don't judge him because I wasn't a black man in the 60s and 70s. I have no idea what kind of torture that man was going through, but he was going through torture nonetheless because, as Dr. Cornell West put it, there is a such thing as a social death where you are breathing, but no one knows you exist. Now, you do that to a black man in a patriarchal society. You rob him of his manhood. And who will he take that out on? The only other demographic that he is in close contact with, and that is black women. Now, is it a black woman's fault that that's happening? Of course not. Is it a black man's fault that it's happening? No. But therein lies the rub. There is this tension. And in that tension, a lot of black men have chosen to be with non-black women. They will tell you a million reasons why they can't stand black women and that's why they're dating outside their race. They don't understand that they have swallowed the patriarchy hook, line, and seeker and have done everything they can to assimilate in such that they will even be willing to talk down their own mothers, sisters, daughters, nieces, aunts, whoever, because every time they say something about why they can't date black women, they're saying everything about their own mothers, their own grandmothers, their own aunts. And I, too, heard those things from my own father. I, too, heard why my dad just, man, black women just, man, they're just too much, man. They always want to fight. They always want to argue. They always want control. It's because black women have, it's not true, first of all, and any attempt at control, as they put it, is only a black woman trying to make a nest and knowing, knowing at the end of the day, just like Trevor Noah said, black women can't afford to fuck around and find out. They, They know at the end of the day, it falls on their shoulders to make shit right, to make shit happen, and that no one was going to make things any better for them. Nobody. They've had hundreds of years of evidence that when they fall, there was no one there to pick them up. So they're there for each other. So this is what I say to you. When you see 
a black woman on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, talking about, hey, other black women, follow me, be there for me, I'm going to follow you back, let's get this going. And you feeling some kind of way? I want you to ask yourself, when's the last time you donated to an HBCU? I want you to ask yourself, when is the last time you spoke out about the Crown Act? Ask yourself, have you ever looked back at the Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas case and how to change a heart? Have you ever thought about what Anita Hill, Dr. Anita Hill has gone through since then? Have you read Audre Lorde? Have you read Bell Hooks? Have you read Bell Hooks when she talks about the, the servant and serve mentality between black and white women? How it has been the job for black women for centuries to serve and make happy all white women. And now, when a black woman says, it ain't my fucking job to educate you, why do white women feel some kind of way? Well, because traditionally... That was never the response a black woman was going to have. She better not. Y'all remember the color purple? If you've never seen the color purple, you're probably white. But if you've never seen the color purple, I want you to watch it. And there is a scene. Oprah Winfrey is playing this wonderful character. And this character takes no shit from nobody. Zero fucks all day as fuck. Okay. So a woman sees that Oprah's children... Oprah's character's children are well-kempt, well-behaved, well-mannered, high values, church-going, etc., etc. And the white woman's response to this isn't, you're an amazing woman. It isn't, I would love to learn from you. It is, would you like to be my maid? Would it be okay with you if I use and exploit your abilities to rear children properly and just pay you for it rather than appreciate you and be grateful for your existence and ask you questions and learn from you and do it myself. No. Can I just give you the smallest amount of money possible? Just, just a tad above slavery. So you can just do that shit for me because it's all about servant and serve. Oprah's character turns to her and goes, hell no. And in saying hell no, The woman's husband happens to be the mayor of the town and he walks over to her and slaps the ever-loving shit at Oprah's character. Oprah balls up her fist and knocks him into the middle of next week. One shot on the ground. Out. Sheriff comes behind her, gun butts her, pistol whips her, puts her in a jail cell and she serves somewhere between 8 and 12 years in jail for punching the mayor in the face after he slapped the shit out of her. So hitting a man in self-defense, basically. And it broke her spirit. It broke. It was the first time in the entire movie her spirit was broke was when she got out of jail. She had her head down. She was submissive. She was apologetic. She didn't want to cause no problems. They broke her. They broke her. And you know the one thing that revived her, the one thing that set her back on the road to recovery, the one thing The one thing that made her comeback stronger than her setback was when she saw another black woman refuse to take shit. As soon as she saw that, the world opened up for her. Because that was the point. The point was, if I set it off, we set it off. 
If we set it off, this whole thing fitting to go. And that's how it's supposed to be. Because justice is what love looks like in public. Another thing that I heard from Dr. Cornel West, who I'm sure quoted Dr. King, who I'm sure more than positive quoted Bayard Rustin or Ella Barker or someone else. However, justice is what love looks like in public. Now, what does love look like in public? Well, love looks like if a black woman wants to grow her hair into an afro for work and that makes her happy, I want her to do that. Love looks like if black women for the first time want to openly say, look, I just want to talk to other black women about my existence and just be about black women right now because we've never been allowed to just have this thing for ourselves. Yeah, let that happen, man. Let them have it. They've earned it. Haven't they taken care of enough white children? Haven't they taken care of enough black men that that could not find work through no fault of their own, but still had to be taken care of? And let me tell you something. Men, let's get real. It took us nine months to get out of a womb, and we some of us have spent 40 years trying to climb back in. Let's, let's be real with each other, okay? We have been so cared for, doted on, codependented about that we don't know. Me personally, I can speak for myself. I didn't know how to take care of myself until I finally stepped out on my own or was pushed out of many a nest by a woman. It is time to speak out against any attack on black women. I don't care if you're a white woman. I don't care if you are Chicanx, if you are Latinx. I don't care if you are a white man. Look at the history. And let's stop bullshitting ourselves. There are two areas where we are not doing enough. One is MMIW. We have not stood up enough for missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. And two, the outward, blatant, abuse portrayed on black women who are just trying to live their best life. Don't even get me started on Meghan Markle. Please don't get me started on how they try to call Meghan Markle every kind of a liar, trifling, hoe, damn near, everything but a welfare queen, y'all. She is just all up in this white man just so she don't have to work for a living. I mean, they, God, everything from Brene Brown quoting Teddy Roosevelt, which just, Lord, if somebody don't talk to her about that shit, she needs to be more intersectional. She needs to learn what the hell intersectional looks like because to write a book with a black woman while just a couple of years before quoting a white man who absolutely thought that the new movie about the KKK was the most realistic thing he had ever seen in his life and more people needed to see it, which sparked the largest Klan march through Washington, D.C. Brene needs to take a better look at herself. It just, she just does. That's, at best, it's insensitive. At worst, it's white supremacist. Does that mean she hates black women? Of course not. It just means she hasn't decolonized her own thinking because that shit would be hella inconvenient. It's easy to be white. Trust me, I know. My mother has moved me into more 
white neighborhoods for good schools and I've passed for Italian and I've passed for white and I've passed for, even if I wasn't so bad as a Puerto Rican or someone thought I was Arab or, you know, and there were times in my life as a teenager, I'm talking 13, 14, 15, I ain't talking about being a grown ass man. But there were times when my mother said, don't tell anyone, it'll make things easier. And I said, okay, because who doesn't want easier, especially a teenage boy? Easy sounds great. It wasn't easy when I got older. It wasn't easy when I had my daughter or my son. And my mother said, honey, don't tell them. It'll make it easier. And I said, yeah, yeah, ma, it'll make it easier. It'll make it easier for them now. But it won't make it easier for their psyche. It won't make it easier for their survivor's guilt. It won't make it easier for the imposter syndrome. It won't make it easier for all the other things that they're going to experience later that we didn't consider when you were telling me that same shit. You know what would have been easier? Learning how to be black as a child so that by the time I was an adult, I wasn't trying to avoid relationships with black women because I knew how hard it would be. I wouldn't be trying to avoid working in black communities because I knew I'd have better offers in white communities. I wouldn't be working so hard to avoid being around my people because there were so many struggles, protests, and parades that I had to participate in in order for us to get an inkling of what white people have had since 1619. I have a plethora of privilege. If I take this makeup off, and we've talked about this before, if I take this makeup off and spoke in the Queen's English and, you know, made sure they're associated with the right people and, um, you know, I could have went into finance instead of into gender, sexuality, and women's studies or African-American studies or sociology or all the other topics that I talk in the social sciences. It, could, it, w- it would have been much easier for me to just get into engineering and, and politics and finance and I would be doing very well denying my blackness. But I would have lost my soul. I was losing my soul as a teenager. My inability to identify with my own people just for the sake of things being easier. What the hell were we thinking? What the hell are we thinking when we tell our own people, don't talk to those people from those communities, don't bring home any of those friends, it's just going to make your life more difficult. No shit. No shit. But you know what? Difficult is where the work is and difficult is equally where the rewards are. You ever seen somebody that went to an easy college as compared to Yale, Harvard, or Princeton and make it big? Very hard to do. Very hard to do. Yeah, Harvard's a harder school. Yeah, Princeton's a harder school. Yeah, Dartmouth and Brown and all these, Oxford, all these schools are much harder. That's where the rewards are, baby. We have to stop telling ourselves, don't date black women because that shit is just too difficult. It's just too inconvenient. You You know what's there? The reward. The reward. The expectations that a black woman will hold you to will keep your ass in line. Will keep you thriving and surviving any narrative that anybody wants to toss your way. And here's the truth, whether you like it or not. Black women have been running this motherfucking country for over 400 years. In the backdrop. In the meetings after church. In the quote-unquote Bible studies while doing the laundry together, while folding them sheets, they was plotting their businesses. And when they got ahead of themselves and they were getting too much, we were burning down the cities. 
there is a fear that if black women got what they deserved, everyone else would perish. Even Thomas Jefferson said the only way he believed in his notes on the state of Virginia, the only way there would be peace in the United States is if one race completely annihilated the other. He was saying the loud parts. He was saying the quiet parts way loud, y'all. I mean, those are are some loud-ass quiet parts if I ever heard them. He threw the dog whistle out and pulled up a bullhorn, honey. Because that's the truth. People are afraid that if black women controlled Congress, Senate, House of Representatives, Supreme Court, (laughs) when Kataji Brown made it, everybody was like, oh, shit, there goes the neighborhood. If we had a black woman president, which I do believe is coming soon, please do not underestimate Ayanna Presley. Everyone talks about AOC. Everyone talks about Ilan Omar. But let me tell you, Ayanna Presley is very likely, very, very likely our next Democratic president. I would not sleep on that woman for a minute. And that's the problem. We've been sleeping on black women forever. Forever. Ayanna Presley is prolific, profound, brilliant, eloquent, aggressive, ambitious, smooth as the other side of the pillow. You hear me? If Ayanna Presley gets hold of the United States, child, we all going to get some get right. I'm going to tell you that right now. Please do not sleep on her. (sighs) Buy a black woman a flower. Send it to her. Send her a bouquet. I don't care who she is. Don't tell her it was you. Don't tell her it was you. Just tell her you're not a black woman and you just wanted to say thank you. Because damn it, if you're not going to give her reparations and you're not going to let her wear her hair the way she wants to at work, the least you could do is buy her a bouquet of flowers and say thank you. It's what you owe black women in this country. Yeah, I said it. We all do. We all owe black women. My mother was white. And I'm going to say this before I close. My mother was white and my mother was attacked coming home from an Italian restaurant in 1969, six months pregnant with me, riding in a car with my black father. They dragged my mother to the edge of a river in January, tossed her over the railing six months pregnant. My mother nearly died. She had permanent scars on her thighs from barnacles around the wooden posts at the bottom of the river. She nearly froze to death. She ingested polluted water that not only made her sick, but made me sick. I was born with so many birth defects, they lost count. My mother ended up getting back on alcohol and drugs from the trauma of the experience of six men beating her half to death, nearly killing her husband on the side of a highway and then throwing her in a January river in New York City. And do you know who came to visit her? Black women, not her own family, not her own racist, no good ass white family, but black women who barely knew her. You know what they knew about her? They knew that white woman was crazy enough to date a black man in 1969. And any woman willing, willing to give up a whole lot of privilege to have mixed children and a black husband in the 1960s, Well, shit, she was cool by then. 
Black women raised my mother since she was 13 and thrown out of her house for being raped and pregnant. Black women showed her how to do hair. Black women showed her how to manage bills, how to write a check, how to hide a little money in the pillowcase and put a a little bit more money over there in her bra and then put some more money in the shoebox because some of these men going to come in here and think all of that shit belongs to them. So so you got to put it where you can. He sends you to the store with $20. You spend 15, you put five away because he don't know. Black women prayed my mother back to health. Black woman raised me when my mother didn't have it emotionally, spiritually, or physically to take care of me. Black women have always taken care of us in this country. From the laundry to the child rearing to the teaching. And then the most prolific books you've ever heard from Toni Morrison, Maya Angelou, Warson Shire, music by Beyonce. They have been uplifting the masses of this nation. Since I can remember. And you're going to go and buy them a bouquet today. You're going to go and tell them thank you. You're going to write it in a letter. You're going to leave that shit anonymously. Don't put your name on it. Don't make your handwriting obvious. Nothing. Do not seek any credit. Do something for a black woman today because she deserves it. And it didn't stop y'all when I was... 49, 48, when I graduated with my undergrad, do you know what one of the greatest contemporary poets in this world did? She helped get me accepted to grad school. And I'm not going to put her business or her name out there, but she knows who she is and I am forever grateful to her. I am forever grateful. I didn't even deserve the gifts that she gave me. And she knows who she is. And I truly believe that the only reason I got into my grad school is because of her influence. And she didn't have to do that. A lot of times black women have saved your ass and didn't have to. Sometimes saving your ass was secondary to the fact that they were trying to save their own and you just happened to be some collateral pleasure, okay? Some collateral gratitude, I'd like to call it. Give some of that gratitude back. You know somebody's having a hard time with their bills? Accidentally drop $20 in their purse. You know that she's going through some shit at home. I don't know. Get her a bottle of wine, man. Give her a listening ear. Don't give her no suggestions. If anybody knows how to survive as black women, they don't need your advice on how to get through this world, how to navigate. Because you don't know what it's like to navigate this woman, this world as a black woman. Twice as hard to get half as much in that whole philosophy. Be gentle with a black woman today. Just be soft. Just be soft. Just say thank you. Just tell her it's okay. Just tell her you admire her and keep it moving. Tell her if she wants to break, if there's something you can do. When you talk to a black woman about the struggles in society, talk to them like you're talking to someone who just lost their mother. Say things like, I have no words. I don't know how you're doing it. I just want to let you know that I'm here for you. That's how you do it. Don't tell her how to manage this shit. You don't know. Just listen. They've been taking care of all of us for God knows how long for about one-eighth the pay. Just listen and learn. Suit up, show up, and shut up.
and ask your politicians, what the hell with this Crown Act, bruh? Talk to y'all later. Black Fluid Poet, your fam, John S. Blake, signing out. Hey, y'all, it's your fam, Black Fluid Poet, a.k.a. John S. Blake. I'm talking to my my peeps on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, and, of course, the Clock app, also known as TikTok. Listen, I'm doing another workshop for January. It's going to be Sunday afternoons, 1 o'clock California time, 1 p.m., and this is going to be about the new me. Music, poems, journaling, and decolonization ideas about how we find who we really are for this next year, for these new resolutions, for whatever dreams and goals we have in the future. I'd love for you to be a part of it. It's $80 for the entire month of January. It's four sessions, two hours each session on Saturday on Sunday afternoons. Excuse me. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you're interested. Cash app or Venmo me the money. Hit me up at jsblaketherwriter at gmail.com with your phone numbers and names so I can message you the Zoom information for the classes. Please do them both together. Please do not email me and then forget to send the money and vice versa. Don't send me the money and then forget to send me the email. Come around Monday, you're ready to cuss me out. Please don't do that to me. Please don't. So remember, send money, cash app at dollar sign, John S. Blake, J-O-H-N-S-B-L-A-K-E or at Venmo at Black Fluid Poet. And then go to Gmail or whatever your email is and then go to jsblaketherwriter at gmail.com give me your name and your phone number I'll text you right away put you in the group and let you know I got the money thank you very much and I hope to see you there it would be amazing